they take Helene and her mama away. One week later, at sunrise, there are three knocks on our door. It's not a nightmare. It's someone we know. Maybe it's Papa. I can't control my excitement. I jump out of bed and run across the kitchen to the landing. Stay there, cries Mama, rushing down the stairs. In a low voice, she asks, who's there? It's Madame Weinstein, Madame Elias. Open up, hurry. It's the neighbor on the third floor with her daughter, Helene. I'm cold and huddle in my nightgown. What do you want at this hour? Asks Mama, surprised. They speak in their foreign language. But I see the suitcase, and I guess what it's about. Helene has kept her promise. She's put on her new dress. Goodbye, Henriette. Goodbye, Marguerite, she cries, holding her school bag. Leave, please, I'm begging you, says Mama. Auf Wiedersehen, answers Madame Weinstein, and adds confidentially, they don't know who you are. I haven't said anything. My mother slams the door in their faces, stammering, goodbye, good luck to you, too. And then she comes back up and collapses on the bed. Goodbye, Helene. I won't hear her piano anymore or go to her recital. I feel a great sorrow rising in me. Voltaire Metro Station. We take the metro to the dentist. I have a terrible toothache in one of my big teeth. We have to wait a long time for the train, and I can't stop crying from the pain. Mama begs me to be quiet, but my tooth hurts so much. We get off at République and walk very fast. The dentist is also wearing a yellow star. He takes me before the other patients. Come in, little one. I'll take care of this for you, he says kindly. He seats me in the chair and asks me to open my mouth. He picks up a small pair of pliers. I can't see what he does, but I feel it. Ow! 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 I cry, clinging to my mother, who is preventing me from moving. Ow! 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 Stop! Stop! I'm almost done. Just a bit more. There! That's it, he says. His hands are covered in blood. Oh, he's so mean. He washes the tooth off and gives it to me, saying, Put it under your pillow, and the little mouse will put a present in its place. Isn't that true, Madame Elias? I rinse my mouth, and he puts a big wad of cotton in the hole. Looking at his watch, he says, Hurry up. It will soon be curfew. Mama pays him, and we rush off into the metro. Even Henriette feels sorry for me. She strokes my hand. Everyone looks at our stars, which makes me feel even worse. The food line. Mama does her shopping quickly. She cannot leave the house earlier than three o'clock and has to be back before curfew at four. As soon as I see her pick up her purse, I hurry to get ready because I like to go with her. 
I enjoy it when it's just the two of us. While she waits in line, I make up games. I count hats, gloves, and things made of fur. I walk on the sidewalk, jumping over the cracks instead of stepping on them, because if I do, I lose. I go to the corner of the street and then turn around. I do this almost every day. We have to be home at four o'clock, not a minute later. No wandering around the neighborhood. In the gutter. I go with Mama to buy a few groceries. She comes out of the grocery store at the corner of Rue de la Cité and passes me, calling, I'm going to run over to the other bakery. Be careful. I'm always careful. She's already far ahead of me. I move slowly, quietly counting my steps. One, two, three. By the time I get to ten, she's completely disappeared from view. Ten more and she'll be back. I start counting again in front of the florist's shop. One, two, three, four. The florist's daughters shout insults at me. Then they grab me, yelling, Get lost! Get the hell out of here, dirty yid! They push me into the gutter and run back inside. I fall flat in the filthy water. My mouth is full of it, and so are my nose and my ears. It's disgusting. I'm drowning in it. Marguerite! My mother is calling me. When she finds me, she takes me in her arms and says over and over, my poor little girl, my poor little girl. I'm drenched to the bone. She hugs me to her. The water trickles into my shoes. I press against her, crying and trembling, asking, why, Mama? Why? They take Mama away. Someone knocks on our door. Who could it be at this hour? More and more knocking. My sister, her body striped with a street light filtering through the shutters, cries frantically, they've come to get us. With one leap, we're up. Chiquette is barking. This time, we shut her in our bedroom. We go through the kitchen and stop at the landing. My heart is pounding in my chest. Mama is petrified. We hang on to her. Open up, police. Police, open up, they shout. I hide in the folds of my mother's nightgown. They're knocking so hard that the door is shaking. My mother calls, coming, and goes down the stairs. My teeth are chattering, and I shrink back closer to Henriette. I'm so afraid. Mama comes back up, surrounded by men. I count them to myself. There are three of them, the same as with Papa. Take the bare minimum, Madame Elias, and follow us to the station, orders the first officer, reading a paper. My feet are frozen. The second one turns to us and says, what are you waiting for? Did you want us to take you in your pajamas? They said children too. I really need to be. I cross my legs. The third one asks, 
What does it take to make you understand? Don't you speak French? Henriette runs into the bedroom. Mama begs him, please. They're French nationals. Here's proof. All right, then. We won't take the children, but you hurry up, the officer says while she gets dressed in front of them. It's shameful. Papa was right. You had to show them proof of nationality. Because of that, we'll stay at home. I would rather go with Mama, but I don't dare speak up. I stand there like a statue. Mama adds, I have to go to the cafe and telephone someone to take care of them. They're just six and eight years old. Not now. You'll call from there, and we don't have time for any long goodbyes. She takes us in her arms and kisses us, saying in a low voice, Be good until I come back. Don't open the door to anyone you don't like. Lock it behind me, and above all, don't fight. I'm going to contact Madame Gaziani. Go back to your beds, my sweet little girls. Be good. She looks at Henriette, who's already dressed and starts to cry. We've got to go now, orders the officer impatiently, leading the way. The others follow him. I can't hear what they're saying anymore. She's gone away with them, leaving the two of us lost and helpless. From the window over the courtyard, we can see them turn the corner. We rush to the window overlooking the street. They're disappearing. We obey our mother and go back to bed without even looking for something to eat. But I can't sleep because of the officers. Then the alarm clock goes off. It gives me the shivers. It's seven o'clock, announces Henriette, getting up and going to the window. The darkness frightens me. We look out between the slats of the shutters so we can't be seen. There's nobody in sight. The silence worries me. What should we do? I'm afraid. I'm cold. I'm hungry. My sister is only interested in her book. I'm hungry, I say, getting out of bed. Have some bread and jam, she says. I decide to go and eat with Choquette. Where are you going? Wait for me. I'm the one who decides. Then hurry up. I'm starving. Where are the cookies? Do you see them? I show her the package. She opens it and asks, how many do you want? One, with milk. She gives it to me and then gobbles up a whole bunch herself while I nibble on mine. Hey, take it easy, I protest. You'll finish them. Help yourself, she retorts. Nobody's stopping you. I'll tell Mama. Okay, go tell her. Then she thinks for a minute. All right, we'll share them half and half. But she cheats again. Her pile is higher. You took too many, I say. She bursts into tears, and I feel sorry. I pick up my telephone to call Papa, but she starts laughing at me. I go sit on my bed and slowly dial the number. Hello, Papa, 
It's me. They came and took Mama. Henriette is bossing me around. You're talking as if he could hear you, she interrupts. Everyone knows it's a toy. Everyone but you. That isn't true. What isn't true? That it's a toy or that you don't know the difference? Nobody comes to my defense. Now we're both crying. Henriette paces up and down. I decide to call Papa back. Stop that ringing. The concierge will hear. All right. I'll stop it from ringing. Do you really think he hears you? I don't answer. She tells me I'm a big fat goose. I ask, what do you mean? I'd really like to know. As fat as this, she says, spreading her arms wide. Then she puts them around me and says, I hope mama comes back soon. We know that Madame Weinstein and Helene haven't come back. We sit down back to back. I try to play with my dolls. Henriette reads out loud. Then we hold each other. She takes stock of the situation. Auntie Sonia is on vacation. Georgette may be at the cafe, but we can't go there or call her. Andre should come and bring work. The managing commissioner is coming Monday. Someone will be coming to pick up the parcel for Papa. Uncle Leon has been in the army since the beginning of the war. Auntie Rose is in the free zone. She buries herself in her book again. And where is Mama? I ask her. With the Germans? Shh. Someone's at the door. We rush to the window. It's a big woman, a customer. She looks angry. We don't open the door, and she finally goes away. To please Mama, I get dressed carefully. Who will make us lunch? It's already two o'clock, and there's been no word from Madame Graziani. If the police come to get us, what will we do? I ask, worried. We'll hide until Mama comes back, and we'll only leave if people we like come and get us. Where will we hide? Behind the double drapes. But we'll have to hold our breath and be very still. What if they open the drapes so they can see better? They wouldn't. They'd turn the light on. I'd rather hide under my bed. That's the worst place. I always find you when you hide there. How about under the sink? No, it smells bad. Behind the sofa, then? There's enough room. That's a good place. Let's try it, my sister says. We crawl in. After a little while, it's uncomfortable and our legs start to hurt. We come out all dirty and wash up a bit. Chouquette is pining for her masters. Henriette gives her some of the milk. Not too much. I'm thirsty too. Finish it then. After that, we'll drink water. We go back to the window. The concierge is distributing the mail. Maybe there will be a letter for us. 
but she doesn't come to our door. Quiet, I heard the gate close. Maybe it's Mama coming back. No, it's the Mayals. We go have a look at the street. Henriette reaches the window first. Germans, Germans, as far as I can see, come look, cries my sister anxiously. You're crazy. They'll hear you all the way to the end of the street. There are lots of Jews with the star, women and children. There's even a girl from my class. Do you see her? We get into our beds with our clothes on, trembling with fear. Stay with me. What if Mama went to be with Papa? It's already four o'clock, my sister says, crying. There are sounds from the courtyard. There's a drunk talking to the concierge. The toilets must be blocked, he complains. You can't take a shit here. Henriette goes back to her book, Sleeping Beauty. It's more interesting than the paper, but waiting is still hard. When we wake up, Mama still isn't back. It's hard without a real telephone or a radio, but it's much harder without parents. We cry. The bell rings at Monsieur Gallet's factory. The workers are leaving. It's seven o'clock. We eat some camembert and crackers and the rest of the fruit compote. We're all grubby from crying. It's dark outside. We don't turn on the light because they might see us. Luckily, there's the street lamp in front of our house. We're cold. We put on our fur coats. There's no food left. Chouquette barks, shh, quiet. There's the sound of a key in the lock. We rush to the window. If only it's Mama. We run down the stairs. It's her, Mama, Mama. We both cry. She's very red, her face. She sits down on the bottom step of the stairs and bursts into sobs. She throws her coat into the workshop and stands against the wall. She's crying and singing bits of strange songs and muttering to herself. We beg her to stop, but it's as if we weren't there. What's the matter with her? We sit down beside her and we all cry together. The fur of our coats is all wet with our tears. I want her to talk to us, but she clasps her hands and remains mute. Suddenly, she cries out. They beat me. The swine. They beat me. Moishinke. They beat me for slipping a little note into the pocket of an 11-year-old child. And those who did it, Moishinke, they were French. Yes, Moishinke, they beat me, and I'll never forget it. Baptismal Certificates Mama is in the shop with Madame Binet to give her a fur collar. Sitting on the stairs, I listen attentively to their conversation. I need to be able to prove that the girls are Catholic, that they've been baptized. Do you understand? Consider it done. 
You'll have the papers. Madame Binet leaves with her gift under her arm. She comes back the next day with an envelope. My mother hardly has time to thank her before she goes away again. When she comes back the next day, Mama announces, Madame Binet, I'm very sorry, but the papers don't seem to be good. And she begins to sob. Madame Binet doesn't understand. She says she'll try to fix it. With tears in her eyes, Mama accompanies her to the door. Madame Binet doesn't look pleased. I'll do what I can, she reassures our mother. Early in the morning, the two of them meet again in the corner of the workshop. This time, they're good, Madame Elias. I got them from a parish priest. How much do I owe you? And this is just between us, of course, Mama adds. Holding out a wad of bills, she asks, is this enough? Madame Binet slips the bills into her wallet without counting them. Mama takes a paper bag and puts a nice piece of fur trim in it. Take this. It's for you to wear around your neck or on your head. After they exchange thanks, Madame Binet leaves saying, These ones will be fine, I assure you. We throw away the stars. Mama has a long conversation with us. She explains how she was freed thanks to Madame Graziani. Then she says that Henriette and I have to leave home without her. The government is arresting all the Jews in Paris, even the ones who are French. We can't stay here anymore. She reminds us of when we went away to Fontainebleau, the time we spent without her in the country with the lady who brought us back on her bicycle because the concierge had informed on us, and of Helene's arrest. She tells us the story of the Virgin and baby Jesus because we are going to pretend to be Catholics. We will have to pretend until the war ends and Papa comes back. We have to hide separately from her. I listen closely without understanding. While she speaks, she cuts the threads from the stars and removes them from our clothes. I take them and throw them in the air, laughing. They fly, Mama. Look at my shooting stars. I'm happy. We laugh for a minute. And then she takes us in her arms and kisses us tenderly. She looks at the time and says, Time to go to bed, girls. It's midnight. I have a lot of things to get ready. We go to bed sadly. How is the separation going to happen? She says goodnight and turns off the light. Leave the door open, please, Henriette begs her. What did Mama mean? It's keeping me awake. Where will we go? Who will take us? We get out of our beds and tiptoe over to watch her. She fills her hat box with the best merchandise. She puts our clothes in our suitcase and then changes some of them for others. She places some photographs and all sorts of papers inside the big picture frame that she's taken down from the wall. She throws a lot of things in the garbage. 
She wraps her big gold spoon in a black cloth and puts it in the bottom of her shoulder bag. Nobody must know that I went with her to the jewelers to have her rings and necklace and our chains and bracelets melted down. Then she sits down at the corner of the table where she used to eat with Papa and puts her face down on her arms, wailing. Oy, face me. Without a word to each other, my sister and I go back to our beds. The Sandman comes, and I fall asleep. The Great Departure We wake up at dawn. There's no hot water for us to wash, but it doesn't matter. We don't have time. We put on our best outfits, white fur coats and hats. My sister brings her violin. I bring my baby doll, which is the least heavy of my dolls. I can't bring the stroller or my pedal car or any other toys. Are you ready, girls? Asks Mama tearfully from the kitchen. She hasn't stopped wailing and shouting. Now she opens the sideboard and takes out some crystal glasses. She throws them against the wall we share with the neighbors, saying something I don't understand. Crash, bang. The neighbor answers by knocking on the wall with her crutch. Once, twice, three times. Stop it, Mama, stop, begs my sister. Everything is so painful right now. A short woman arrives. She's a dwarf, my sister whispers in my ear with a mischievous smile. She's going to take us to her daughter, who has a dry cleaner shop and is a friend of Madame Binet. Mama hugs us to her and says, Listen to me, children. This is important. If anyone asks you where your parents are, don't forget that you have to say Papa is a soldier and he's gone to the front. Me, you don't know. Say as little as possible about the things that have happened here in the last little while. The telephones, the radio, the arrests, the informers, not a word. You're Catholic, right, Marguerite? Henriette is responsible for the two of you. She'll be able to explain better. She turns to the woman and says, be careful, make sure no one notices you. Are you able to carry the suitcase? I'm small, but I'm agile, look. She gets up on the table and then jumps to the ground. After that little demonstration, she says, let's get going. I left the downstairs door open. Everything will be fine. Let's go. She takes charge, just like our maid, Georgette. I wonder where she is. I'd rather go away with her. She's twice as big. I pat Chouquette, and then I pack my school bag. I'm ready, but I'm overcome with sadness. Mama hugs us and kisses us, and then we go outside where it's still dark. Goodbye, children. Go, and don't look back. We'll see each other soon, she murmurs, and I hear her blow her nose several times. Goodbye, Mama, I say, my heart filled with sorrow. The dwarf pulls me behind her.